there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. I'm Dan Rather. I'm joined by Perfect Ten Charlie Curtis, Jethro Bovingdon, and of course, Matthew Collins. How are you, gentlemen? Great. Where are you, Jethro? Because you appear to also be in a hotel. I am in uh, Arizona. So I'm shooting for Top Gear, but not Top Gear America. Wait, what? I know. You've been invited <laughs> to the big leagues? No, 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 no. I'm doing uh, a new YouTube thing with them, which is cool. So if you guys I've not worked with, if you guys I have worked with, we've been in the desert. I was driving a Raptor R just yesterday. Oh, what did you think? Yeah, I love it. Love it. It's like finally got the engine it needs, hasn't it? And I also drove, have you seen the Bronco DR, which is like the turnkey off-road racer that Ford have made? It's like... 300,000 bucks, and you can go and do Baja in it wow. straight out of the factory. Yeah, they did it last year, perhaps. They competed in Baja. It's like red, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah. So I was driving that over at Johnson Valley uh, a couple of days ago. So was, that was awesome, too. So yeah, all in all, a good time. And I have a racetrack waiting for me. So once again, my sacrifice is high. The racetrack opened seven <laughs> minutes ago, and here I am sitting with you. Okay, well, poor Jethro, we are staring out over a beautiful bit of sandy beach. Crystal blue water. Crystal blue water. We're on the very southern tip of America. We're a mere 90 miles from Cuba. Closer to Cuba than, than Miami. That's right. And so I feel bad for you and your racetrack, and also not at all, because <laughs> we could be out there staring at, you know, bikini-clad humans and dipping in the warm, inviting water. And it's a party here. It's a big time party. I don't know if you guys have been to Key West. We're still wrapping our head around it. We think we're in another country, but it seems to also be the U.S. <laughs> Cannot put our finger on where these people are vacationing from. There's no laws. People Z are ripping around on scooters. Sometimes three people on there. Yeah, no helmets. Carts, no helmets. Everyone's hammered. Yeah, it's pretty great. Sounds awesome. Okay, so guys, we need to acknowledge that we were pretty overwhelmed by the experience going to the race. We got in on... Friday and first bit of miscalculation was I looked at the map and I said, you know, last year we were in South Beach area, Biscayne Bay. It took a good 45 hour to get to the track plus traffic. <laughs> parking, that whole parking lot. It was a fiasco. So we said, you know, we're going to sacrifice fun. We're going to be responsible. We're going to, I look at the map in Hollywood, Florida appears to be maybe eight minutes from the track, book a place <laughs> at a convention center where they were hosting a trucking convention and all respect to the trucking convention folks it's just a different scene than south beach would have been get in the car to go to the track day one realize well no even worse land go to the hotel thinking we can make two we check with the host she knew we were there for the race and we're like yeah how about how far is the track from here she's like oh about an hour hour 15 <laughs> oh and we and we had blocked off maybe 30 minutes to get there for for P2. Also, it now makes zero sense why we're staying in Hollywood, Florida. Maybe further. <laughs> yeah, maybe further. Uh, so we simply can't make it to free practice too. So then we decided to go out to eat with a, a friend in South Beach, which now that's an hour oh drive to South Beach. Yep. We have a four plus hour dinner. Yep. Which is fun. It's outrageous. We're not going to lie. That was a really good time. It's outrageous. It's a nightclub but you're eating dinner and it's a whole event. It's a show, a club and a restaurant. Yeah, there's like kind of um, Moulin Rouge style women juggling oh, yeah. fire sticks while you eat. There's a big pond inside the restaurant. Also the billionaires, you cannot help but wonder how they acquired these billions of dollars. Everyone <laughs> oh, looks- you know. 
You know, full well. Everyone looks a little bit south of the line of legality. At any rate, that was a blast, but then it's an hour back to Hollywood. So, you know, our first night, we really put it in bed around four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And we had all way too much. We ate way too much because we weren't paying. And both of us had major, major issues. Not paying or ordering. No. We didn't have a say in what was ordered. Everything was delicious, but so much. Charlie, four or five full steaks that he cooked on a rock. (laughs) The whole time I was like, God, I hope we're getting these things up to temperature. Guess what? We weren't. So Charlie and I were up to all hours of the night on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) So off to a pretty bad start. And then uh, we get ourselves to the track right as Free Practice 3 is starting. It's exciting. We have the right badges. Yeah, we just kept going forward. And every time we'd scan something, a ticket, a phone, a badge we got, and they kept giving us more. And we were like kindergartens because we had so many different badges on from this paddock club to the media pass to this other set of tickets. And we would step up to the little turnstile and someone would have to like, we we were five, grab the badge we needed to get in. But at any rate... We get in there. It's so cool. Very neat setup there at this Dolphins, uh, you know, where they play football, team village and everything. It's incredible. And the Panic Club's incredible. And we are wandering around with our microphones out. And it starts to become quite clear to us that if you have not scheduled (laughs) an interview with somebody, it's just not happening. Yeah. And I was shocked how many people were out, drivers and and principals, but they were occupied with other seemingly scheduled interviews or racing to and fro yeah and so we pounded the pavement for a good two and a half hours three hours and then all of a sudden quality's about to start and we head up to the paddock club which is again really well appointed very comfortable and we sit down and then this is when we'll bring you our very first audio clip so go ahead rob okay we are in what is this called the paddock Club. We're in the, the Paddock Club, the managing partner's suite. It's very, very nice. We've now been at the track for, I guess, two hours. We're uh, in Q1, 750 left, and we um, we have yet to secure a single interview. That's that right. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we certainly bumped into people that would have made a great interview. Absolutely. Uh, we saw Christian Horner. We were with Danny, but we of course we Danny. didn't ask him anything. We saw Callum. Callum, our dude with we, the dreadlocks. We found him. We talked to him and even. What a sweet guy. Yeah, we, we, it would have been a great interview, but we just didn't do that. We just didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we just kept all the equipment in the backpack. Yeah, we had the equipment. <laughs> we had the credentials. We had the access. and Everything uh, but the gumption to, to execute our, our assignment. That's right. That's right. But he was awesome. So oh, nice. what a sweetheart. And we told the uh, the gal at the entrance that we were pumped to see him, and she seemed to know that he was a, a great guy. Yeah, I think it's understood yeah. that he's the hot shot. Yeah. And then, um, I guess, completely unrelated to racing, we met Dan Marino as well. We did meet Dan Marino. Yeah. Big tall, guy. Tall, Big guy. Right? Yeah. Not as wide as maybe, but but no. the height was there. He's taller than you, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a tall gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. We're just walking around rubbernecking and seeing people and not getting any interviews. That's correct. Okay, well, we'll check back in um, as the weekend progresses. uh, I'm a little pessimistic about what we'll get tomorrow, and I'm almost debating when we just decide we're here to watch the race and forget about that. That's right. Well, (laughs) we might not even bring this rig tomorrow. All right. So that's pretty much what our Saturday was like. We were completely defeated and felt useless and we were thinking boy the f1's really regretting giving us these press these passes <laughs> we're not generating anything the fact that all we've done is met dan marino <laughs> yep <laughs> do you know who he is jethro no no idea do you see pet detective ace ventura oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I asked dax after he introduced himself and he introduced himself as dan dan marino the full dan marino and so i couldn't gauge whether dax said hi but i couldn't gauge if he knew exactly who he was so after i asked and he said yeah from from ace ventura <laughs> <laughs> yeah so jethro i had about this same cursory knowledge <laughs> he's like uh one of the best quarterbacks but never won a super bowl and he lives at that stadium lives in miami he is all about it there's a dan marino way 
Yeah, right when you go to the arena, he had to get off at Dan Marino Way to come in and introduce himself to Charlie and I. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's that's yeah. pretty cool. That setup was good, wasn't it? In the stadium, that was new for this year, wasn't it? That seems like a cool thing to do. Yeah, it was temporary last year, and they fully built it out. And we talked to the managing partner of the track. Tom. Tom. And he said like three weeks ago, it was a construction zone, and they just pulled it together. Wow. And it's really, really it was outrageously nice in there. It was like whatever the nicest first-class lounge you've ever been in in Dubai or something. The whole thing was like that. And it was so long. And now all the hospitality for the teams is all along there. And it's overlooking pit lane and the garages. And, it's, yeah, it was gorgeous. Did you think the vibe was as excited as last year? Because last year, everyone was talking about how, I mean, the race wasn't amazing, but everyone was talking about what an awesome thing it was, new event, everyone excited. Was it the same buzz? Absolutely not. In fact, we were like, wow, <laughs> Vegas really took the starch out of this because last year it was like Post Malone. There was a million concerts happening next. And it felt like everyone was like, all right, we did that once. But the attendance was up and it was really well run and it was way more enjoyable than going last year. But yeah, it felt like there was no I will say it fervor about it. Especially in the city. Like when we went out to dinner, the airport, it definitely didn't have the same buzz as last year. It, everything last year was F1. Everywhere we went, there were posters and pop-up shops and everything. And even last year, I couldn't get a rental car. I had tried three months out to get a rental car, couldn't. There was no vacancy anywhere. This was easy. Rental cars were easy. If you wanted to stay in Hollywood, Florida, lots of uh, vacancies. <laughs> I was so. going to say, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting because they said, because you said, and I know a lot of people said that the attendance was up, but on like the Saturday... People were freaking out online and saying, like, attendance is down. People are, like, giving away tickets, price drops on tickets. So I don't know the validity of that. But people on the Saturday were freaking out and saying they were getting emails saying price drop on tickets on a better spot. But then the announcers were saying and everyone was saying the next day that attendance was up. So I'm not sure where the... Well, that trucker's convention would have stolen yeah, quite a number, big time. Of, <laughs> a number of people. <laughs> Yeah, they planned that on a bad weekend. They should have thought that through, that the truckers would be busy. But I will say this. I think last year, kind of, if you had to uh, distill it down to one sentence, it was like a lot of hype and poorly executed. Every team you talked to hated Miami. The uh -huh. food was a debacle. So this year, it seems like it completely flipped. Like, this is the most well-run now. The teams have to be happy uh -huh. as they have the most real estate to spread out. This whole team village is so cool it's the full football field if you can imagine jethro and then all the teams have like a quarter acre to set up they got lawns and a little giant giant building in there yeah and tons of vendors free coffee for everything. so so it flipped so now the hype was low but the execution was flawless i imagine probably next year it'll kind of correct in a way mm -hmm. i mean we all know vegas will probably prove to be what Miami was last year. Yeah, yeah you guys yeah, did yeah. have a couple cameos on F1 TV, and you guys looked really great. Okay, so the only wins on Saturday were we did hook up with Ricardo, and we did walk with him from the team village quite a distance to go out to the garage, the Red Bull garage. And guys, we were walking with him on the football field, and in the very top nosebleed section, there was about 200 women and they were screaming so loud from the very top nosebleeds for ricardo it was like being with a beetle they i, I thought one of the gals was gonna fall over the yeah. edge of the and he is so far down the fact that they could even recognize him <laughs> yes and, boy. and then they went wild oh yeah they almost committed suicide they almost jumped off in with to try to love on the way down <laughs> as if they could have just had him break their fall and he really nails the photos we decided he says yes to everyone and oh. it's, there's a half second hesitation like i don't know if i have time but yeah let's get one real quick yeah and he's in and out and so that was the highlight i also i'm gonna we add went into the garage from with the that was really cool we got to get in the garage while max was leaning against the tools mm. chatting with some older guy and i guess charlie did a 180 on max he seems so sweet and innocent and young like a small child in there with these grown men mechanics. He's talking to a dude that's got to be 65, and he looks out of place. He really does. Like, so <laughs> mellow, so sweet. He looks fragile. It is weird. He, on TV, you know, he looks like a dominating, you know, borderline brat. Yeah. But in person, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a 25-year-old kid right there. And he looks maybe 16, yeah. 18. And he's real shy. You yep. can tell. He's like found the oldest guy in the garage to chat with quietly for the whole lead up to qualifying. But yeah, we got to watch them rip out of there. That was really fun. But by and large, total failure. 
And, and when we went then to the race on Sunday, we really had resigned to getting nothing. And we really considered not bringing any of the equipment and just chalking it up to a complete failure. There were so many opportunities, it was almost overwhelming. Like it felt like we were so close, but didn't know how to get the last step. Like there was people everywhere. The potential was there, but we just weren't sure. In a word, it was very humbling. It was very humbling. Yeah. Well, even Martin Brundle, you watch him in the pit lane and he's even he's the guy and he's not getting an interview unless he is wildly aggressive. Yeah, that's the way you have to be. I do that World Endurance Championship, some of it, and they ask me at the end, you've got to go and interview whoever won the race or whatever. And you basically have to stand one inch away from them just as the car crosses the line and then grab them and be like, you're talking to me now. Like, this has to happen. This, it's the only way. You can't be polite. I was watching Martin and he is jumping over equipment, cord. He's just yeah. pushing his way through everything and... You know, he's like, well, I was told I can't talk to Tom Cruise, so I'll pass him up. I mean, he's just ripping through that crowd, shoving microphones. So you do have to be very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So we were ill-prepared. And then also the normal bump I might get by being on TV myself held no sway there. N not one person in Formula One <laughs> knows anything about me. We're lower than everyone because we don't even have good equipment. We have these two stupid microphones in a backpack and we're wearing tank tops. We got to get those <laughs> F1 like Sky Sports things to go over the <laughs> microphone. It'll look a little more professional we need something impressive like cia fbi some, something yeah. that will make them want to talk to us or that big plastic camera and that'll bring us to then sunday the race because we did figure out if you wore a steady cam rig and had a fake camera you could blow by any single thing they won't stop any dude holding a 200 pound camera rig <clears throat> okay we go back on sunday and we're like through hell or high water we gotta get something so go ahead and rob and let's play sunday okay so we've um we've we've congregated here in front of the mclaren team headquarters we got a glimpse of mr brown dan brown. It, and lando lando's oh, right here lando it does seem other people are getting interviews which is cool here there's zach let's see boy oh yeah I don't know about that boxing match. I, I do not know how many rounds he's going in this box. Just in the reach is just not there. I'm going to ask him any if there's any updates. All right, I'm going to go for it. Oh. Okay, they're in the middle of an interview, so I felt pretty... So, great news, guys. We got close to Zach, mm, and I walked along... <laughs> side of him and then this is brilliant you got uh, you literally had like the golden ticket like like charlie at willy wonka's factory and you walked around and just saw people you, you saw them from a slightly nearer distance than you would have on tv we could have stayed at home and described them from the television coverage Oh, no. <laughs> Will we ever get media passes again? And everyone was out. I mean, the Olympic Village pre-race, everyone is standing outside of their team building. <laughs> Guys, I haven't been this incompetent or ineffective in decades. Like, it's been a really, really wonderfully humbling experience. And then we just walk away giggling like two failures, and we don't know why we're there. And we're just hopeless. We're completely hopeless, and it's been a total failure. Let's play another clip, Rob. <laughs> we need to sneak a peek at Toto. We need a life-size... Let's uh, go over to yeah. AMG. Yeah. There he is. No. Oh, my God. He's on a scooter. Oh, my God. He's on a scooter. You got to get a, get a picture of me next to him. Okay. Man, I'm going to see if I can ask one question of him. Mr. Wolf, I, I, I have bet a lot, considerable amount of money that you're going to win this boxing match with Zach Brown. Um, can you ensure I'm going to win that? You guys should box rather than me. <laughs> uh, we, we think you're heavily favored in that match. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it. I, I, I think they should do a qualifying round between them, and then I take the winner. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> Three days and you got 12 seconds of Toto. <laughs> Toto. <laughs> Fucking hell. Call the journalism awards show. And Toto <laughs> thinks you're a great boxer. This is incredible. But guys, you can't imagine the whirlwind of emotions we had. We couldn't get anyone. We couldn't get Cal on, on the pit crew to talk to us. And then we finally got someone. It was Toto. It was Toto. And he delivered. He was so calm and cool and had all day.
I think we felt rushed. Like, he certainly has to get out. We could have got way more, yeah. Yeah, you guys were for sure fangirling a little bit. Oh, I was going to Mr. <laughs> Wolf. Mr. And Wolf. They, <laughs> they uh, peed his pants a little bit. Dax walks away with, with dab trousers. I bet you there was a little bow moment, too. You were like, oh, bow, Guys, bow, guys, bow. guys, yes. I felt like I was nine years old. After I had been calling him Sir and Mr. Wolf and everything, I was thinking, he must have been looking at me going, bro, I think I'm younger than you. <laughs> 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 oh my god. What was it like to be in the presence of Toto? So close. Was it as impressive as you imagined? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two parts of it. I'd say first and foremost, what you get in real life is the playful charm. He had mm. like a smirk on as he was he was kind of curious about why these two way too big guys had these microphones. Especially I mean Charlie in particular. So I think he was kind of interested in why Charlie was so jacked and had a media badge. But he was pretty playful. And that was really great and charismatic. And he didn't even skip a beat when we asked a question. I mean, he was there for the questions. No rush. Had all day. He was so friendly and kind. No rush. We, yeah, we could have definitely got another minute out of him. But this is the unfortunate thing we have to report. <laughs> and I don't want to report this. He's not taller than Charlie. 6'5". He's a, he, he he's, said he's an F1 6'5". Yeah, he's an F1 6'5", which really <laughs> so how tall are you, Charlie? How tall are you, Charlie? 6'3", maybe a... Tick over. Oh, okay. So he's like, you know, Tom Cruise style um, height chart. Mm. Yeah. But when you're a billionaire, you're automatically three inches taller yeah. than, than yeah. anyone else anyway, right? Isn't that how it works? And when you're swimming in a pond of all mini fish. I mean, everyone there is pretty small in general. So yeah, relative to everyone else. As I would say, I'm a Hollywood six, but I'm a Michigan eight. And so similarly, <laughs> he's a real world 6'3", but an F1 6'5". And certainly everyone else that he interacts with all the time just says, oh yeah, he's 6'5", because he's so much bigger than everyone. He is, he is. And he, you guys, he's just riding around on a bird scooter. There's no one else on these. Well, did you see him and his wife on the bird scooter? No, but someone did tell us that. The video went pretty viral, and it's just the two of them having a Titanic moment on the scooter going through the stadium. It was, it was a magical sight. And she felt so safe, I'm sure, with him piloting. So safe. He had his arms wrapped around her. And that's a career-ending device, the bird oh, scooter is. As yeah, <laughs> Charlie's you know, wife found out yep. <laughs> nine surgeries later. Mm -hmm. So that felt like three seconds left, touchdown in the Super Bowl that moment. After total failure mm. to get a single soundbite and it be from Toto Wolf. That we were worried people might just think it was me switching voices. I was listening to his response and I had this out-of-body experience. It sounded like Dax's Toto. <laughs> I, I was going to say, now that you know you have this, in future we need to set stuff up, I would love to see Dax and Toto sit down and both be Toto. So Dax <laughs> is questioning Toto <laughs> as Toto. It's like his inner voice just Why talking are we doing to each this? other. Why are we doing this? What keeps us going? Why are we even still in the sport? <laughs> and then he has be so good. <laughs> it's called a mirror interview with Toto Wolf. So, okay. After that, we're pretty much flying high. We think we can be done because we did as good as could be. And it was kind of wrapping up. People were starting to move towards the track. So it felt like... The race was closing in. They're they're about to do the formation lap. And then so, and this is, I got to applaud Charlie. He's like, let's see if we can get out on the grid. So we got in this big tunnel and we were packed in there with all these people. And then the, the grid opened up. They had done the formation lap. They were in position and it opened up and there was just kind of a big push and throng of people. And we started moving and a guy was stopping us saying, these are not the right badges. We were not, you know, we know, we know, we know. And then we just, we just kept going and we got ourselves out on the grid which was really exciting, but again, such chaos and everyone's so busy, no illusion we're gonna get to talk to anybody. And Rob, please play our last clip. Okay, we are now entering uh, pit lane for the pit lane walk. Now we are on the grid. No, I'm sorry, yes, we are now on the starting grid. Christian, I bet a lot of money that you're going to defeat Zach Brown in this race he challenged you to in Las Vegas. I just wanted to urge you to drive as fast as you can if you accept that challenge. 
Well, I, I mean, I'm just worried that Zach can't fit in the car. Um, so, uh, so I suppose November's still a long way to go. He's got time. <laughs> he has time, but he's going to have to hit the gym hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. It's We're good to see you. Enormous fans. Your team couldn't be better. It's an impressive feat. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Oh, what a, oh, what a corner run. God, you guys. In, in one day, you went from zero to hero. Can you guys even believe that that he just said that right into a microphone? Wow. Wow. I don't think he'll even fit in the vehicle. You might have just caused an explosion of rivalry that has never existed in sport. He just body shamed one of his key rivals. Oh my God. We're going to try to blow past that part so that we can air it as well. But yes, let's just say that he definitely raised the bar in the fight lead up pre-fight. Uh Again, couldn't be scripted. We couldn't believe it. You know, when we walked away, of course, the very first thing, if you would have played that clip out, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, is it recording? Is it recording? Check the backpack. <laughs> Panicked. Well, and then you looked at the device a little too long after, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's not on. It definitely <laughs> oh, <no>. wasn't on. <laughs> I know. And then we're going to be telling you guys that he said that Zach wouldn't fit in the car, and you're not going to believe no, us. But no. alas, we had it. And then the rest of the day, we both OCD obsessed about where the memory card was. And if any, looking at the bag, then even the whole drive down to Key West, we're panicked about this memory card. We had someone stay in the car when it's, we went in to get... <laughs> water and yes, refreshments yes. from a gas station. We, this was gold. We couldn't it's like you're transporting yeah. Yeah. The, the crown before the king's coronation or something. Enriched uranium. And he was also eager to, to talk. I mean, yes. considering the chaos, I mean, there were microphones and people, celebrities, athletes, everyone on this thing packed. The race is about to start. Yeah. And he's the team principal. And he was so calm. Well, he has nothing to worry about. That's That's a great point. And again, zero, zero recognition. So he's just talking to two dumb older men with really cheap equipment. So like giving that sound bite to any old person. Guys, we were elated at that point. You can't imagine because it was the finish line. The race was starting. We were leaving yeah. after the race. And all this happened within 20 minutes before the race started. It's crazy how chaotic that grid is, isn't it? Just before they're about to race. You can't believe they're going to clear it in time, that the drivers are going to feel focused, that they're going to get all the stuff they need to do for the cars. And it's literally like chaos. Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it was nice to see you guys because on Formula One TV, just before the race, you guys walk by Will and everyone walking down that grid is pretty serious, trying to look really cool. And you two didn't give a shit. You guys had the look on your face like you were just couldn't be happier to be there. And it was very great to see. So you wait, you saw us on the grid. Yeah, Matt? Will was doing an interview and I think you guys got set up with them the day before and you guys just walked behind him walked past him and both of you looked at him and you just had like this look on your face like maybe you just talked to horner and you were in that mode but you guys were just smiling like you couldn't oh. even imagine look like we were rolling <laughs> like, like <laughs> yes <laughs> why are those two dudes on mdma down there on the grid they're underdressed yeah. and they have the cheapest equipment we've ever seen on the grid and by the way, we did we did not have the correct media credentials. We certainly did. And no. 
I mean, maybe two minutes after we got that talk with Horner, we got removed. Yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which we have recorded. Yeah, guys, like, you absolutely cannot be on the grid. You have to get off the grid right now. You well, physically walked us off. The they're grid. really strict. Did you guys see what happened to Jackie Stewart just after that? No. Oh, what so, happened? so Martin Brundle, I guess, was going to try to get an interview with Roger Federer. Roger Federer then went through some string or some barrier because that was where, like, after the guys walked through the tunnel, they'd be right there. So no one was really allowed there except for Roger Federer. So Martin Brundle goes to Jackie Stewart. And he's like, go get Roger Federer for me. So he just dips under the line. The security grabs him. He starts pushing the security away, being like, no, 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 I'm getting Roger Federer. And Martin Brundle's like, don't get arrested. Don't get beat up. And he just goes, beelines <laughs> it, interrupts Roger Federer in a conversation, grabs him by the arm, and brings him right back to the line where Martin Brundle is. And he has the interview. And it was unbelievable this little like tank of a human just getting through there it was amazing well he's got the eye of the tiger you don't win championships by sitting on the sidelines to a lesser degree that same uh success just going for it like just yeah yeah yeah, we hear you we're we're just gonna keep on yeah we're just gonna go in a circle wide circle and come back and exit yep oh guys okay so that's our update on the weekend and then we just sat in the uh, paddock club and watched the race which You never know when you're at something live, you know, how accurate or objective you are about it. But from where we were at, we thought it was an excellent race. What did you guys think on the telecast? Yeah, it was, it was slow at times. And then looking back after and seeing the videos, I think there was a lot of stuff that wasn't shown. Like Yuki had an incredible race. Like he did some incredible passes. He was killing it, but it didn't show a lot on the screen. Lewis did some incredible passes. Even though he started back, he was really great to watch when they showed all of his kind of moves. And I don't know, it was, I think it was the first time in two years there hasn't been a yellow car, Mm. a safety car. So it was pretty smooth in that regard, but it was a good race to watch. Not crazy, but good. You're giving it a little bit boring plus. And that's kind of the general consensus. What I see online is most people said that the fanfare was what was exciting about this weekend. But I think that's what we all love about F1. If there's a boring race, everything else can make it interesting. There's not a non-interesting Formula One weekend. There's always excitement around it. Like, if there's a boring hockey game, there's just a boring hockey game. There's nothing around it that made it exciting. Yeah, you can always cut to Tom Cruise. I was thinking after I saw Tom, because he was just hanging around uh, Lewis's car, because obviously they're bros. With Shakira, yeah, yeah. Oh, my Mm. God, really? Shakira, Shakira. Wow. I'm acting like I knew that. I didn't at the time. Wow. Charlie pointed that out when we left. But I just want to be honest about that. But um, I was thinking, you know, you got Lewis who's about to jump ship from Mercedes because obviously he needs to be with the best. But also, Top Cruise has to be with the best. Yeah. He can't be linking his cart to a driver that's not performing. I was even looking. I said, there's a lot of people might lose their ride in this scenario. Is Tom going to wander down that grid? Mm-hmm. And, and shake hands with Max. How long before he jumps ship? So there's a lot riding on this. Lewis has to have a right team so that he can carry Tom as well. Do, do you think he's going? Was that the vibe at Miami where people talking about him? He's out of there. And, you know, I was thinking because I was looking at his face and I was like, he doesn't love that he's in the middle of this grid. He's used to hanging with Lewis up at the front of that grid. And this definitely was a departure from what he's used to. Well- Jensen, who's a buddy of Lewis on the telecast, he was definitely saying absolutely no way he's leaving. No way. 100%. He's too loyal to leave. And he's like, Mercedes will come back. It might take them a while. But he's like, he doesn't have a spot at Aston Martin. He's not going to fit in real with Red Bull. It's his only option. He's got to help to make this car better. But he hasn't got time. That's the problem. So my experience could not have been more different to yours because (laughs) I was on a shoot for the entire weekend, working every day, So my race experience was listening to the commentary from the BBC in the Raptor R driving from Riverside to Arizona. So I listened to it on the radio, watched a bit of highlights, listened to a few bits. It sounds like there was some really good racing further back. Uh And it also sounds like Max just absolutely decimated Perez's hopes and dreams. It was almost like he was slowly crushing all the life and joy out of him. Yeah, so what you missed, in my opinion, you know, the first 17 laps or whatever it was were really awesome because, yeah, Max picked off. Because, again, he also fell back to whatever, 10th or 11th. He had a shitty start. So we really watched him work his way through 
nine different drivers. It was just a fucking drive to behold. He was so on fire. And after the fact, Charlie and I figured out he should never qualify anymore. This is how we saved this season. I Max- said this. This is so <laughs> accurate because I was in the car with a friend of mine. And I said exactly the same. I said, Max should forget qualifying. Save his engine, save his tires, start last every race. It would be fantastic. And I'm not even pitching last. That's a big, big ass. But we think we figured out nine was too close, okay? Because he was there in in the first third of the race and then never looked back. And then he started from 15th in race two, right? So, and he only made it up to second. So we think 12 or 13, that's standard starting position for Max. He doesn't qualify. Everyone knows 13th is his. It's better for everyone. And it makes the race incredible. He could also just do Q1 and then call it. Mm-hmm. Q1, get into Q2, but then call it. That's save, right. Save yeah, the yeah, tires, yeah. save that's the a, engines. That's a good plan. No, I agree. I, the other thing that was weird, he just killed him. I mean, he absolutely killed Perez. Even on the supposedly slower tire, right at the end of its life, when Perez was on fresh tires, uh-huh. he was lapping faster. It was like, it was painful. He got the fastest lap on like 40 lap tires. It also seemed like they were just kind of testing at that point. Like they shouldn't have waited so long to pit, but they're like, let's see what we can do here. We have enough cushion. We have enough speed. Let's just play around with it. I think the painful thing for everyone else was like Leclerc, it was like he wasn't even racing. He disappeared completely. Mercedes were just like, they did fine. But like Lewis at one point was struggling to get past Albon. It was just like, what is actually happening here? Magnussen was the hero, wasn't he? Did he qualify fifth or something? And then he was holding Lewis off and Leclerc. Took Leclerc like 30 laps of trying to overtake him before he finally made it stick. And it seems like Lewis can catch cars pretty easily, but he cannot make any passes. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, that DRS does nothing, 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 nothing. So he gets there and then it's three, four laps so he can make a pass. And they shortened the DRS zones there, which... Actually, I think it was good because the overtakes looked like real overtakes. They were having to do it on the brakes. They weren't just driving past on the straight, you know, so it felt a bit more genuine. But yeah, it was painful for everyone else, I think. Um, but Red Bull, yeah, God, they're so good. It was a nice little scrap at uh-huh. the end there between he and Checo, yeah. and it got pretty tasty. It got, I think, as close as it can get where they're both smiling afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, and, and then, of course, Max's reaction afterwards was like, he just loved getting a scrap with Checo and be respectful. But yeah, I agree, Jethro. So demoralizing. And this was a big race for Perez, too, because he's coming off a big weekend. And he's the fan favorite there. Yeah. Well, so they made the intros when they came out of that tunnel. LL Cool J was, you know, announcing all oh, the drivers, yeah. who was also humongous. Very big dude. Yeah. So it's not even like we had that clicked off. Mm-hmm. We did look the dumbest and the cheapest, but maybe we could have been the biggest. We weren't. No, no we no. didn't get that. Ken- <laughs> yeah, a lot of NFL and basketball players there. A lot of basketball guys. Um, But when they announced Perez, the place went crazy. And when they announced Max, it was all booze. Oh, really? Even after he won, there were booze, too. It's like WWE. He was actually asked about that, and he said, you know what? That's fine. He's like, they can go home and have a good night. (laughs) And you could tell he wanted to say something more, but he was just trying (laughs) to be. He doesn't give a shit. I know. The timing's not ideal because he's actually been sweet the last couple races. I think he was expecting a more immediate turnaround. I felt so bad after seeing him. I I just can't dislike him. Like, I feel guilty. He's a nubile young preteen. Yeah. It's like me saying I hate a little kid. I think that's what I like about F1 is that you change every time. I swear, every race, you're liking someone new, hating someone new. You meet someone, you love them. You see an interview, you change... It's kind of great how it can kind of switch like this. And seeing you like Max, this is crazy. I just feel guilty not liking him. Because <laughs> yeah, he needs your protection. Him. I think you got protective over him. We also have to applaud Alonzo because I don't think he had the third fastest car out there per se, but he had a great race. And my God, now that he's on four out of five podiums, this is just yeah. the most exciting season to watch. And he said it was a lonely race. Did you guys see that he was watching the race from the screens during his race? We <laughs> talked about that because we saw the radio message and he said, um, you know, what position is Lance in? And that was a good pass in turn 13 or something. It like. was turn one, I think. Yeah, yeah turn one, yeah. And Dax and I were like, is he, is he giving him a strategy again? And I was like, maybe he's watching it on he these He was watching screens. it. There was a big screen, he said, in between turn 10 and 11. 
And he said he had a lonely race in between the two. There was a lot of seconds between them. And so every time he went around, he was just watching the screen for a while. <laughs> and it's so amazing. It's the best. Did he want to know who the two big bozos talking <laughs> to Christian Horner were on the grid? Did he see any? <laughs> he was just watching you guys as he drove past. Wavy guy came over the radio and was like, I said, there's two bogeys in, in, in the pit row. There's, I don't think they have the right passes. I can see they've got the wrong passes. Have they cleared those monkeys out of there? It did seem like someone was asked to remove us because that guy found us. He didn't it's, just stumble upon us. He came looking. It's true. It's true. Um, yes, that's incredible that he was watching the race. It kind of proves our theory or our hunch that these guys are kind of racing from their subconscious, the same way you would drive down the freeway and yeah. not even think about what you're doing. It's like texting and driving for them. Yeah. So, Matt, what kind of fun gossip came out of the weekend? Because we were pretty unplugged from all that. Well, you were mentioned by Danny Ricardo in a GQ interview. What? Yeah. yeah. So he what? was he was asked... What celebrities would he like to take on a hot lap? And mm. you were one of them. You were one of the three, and I forget the other two. And then Max <laughs> was after asked who he would take on a hot lap, and he said, no one. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just perfect. <laughs> Can't figure out why anyone's booing. Um, Cannot figure it out. other things that are good. There was an interview that came up. It just started resurfacing, I think, with all the Yoss stuff. And it was Danny and Max in a, like a fun interview. I don't know when it was. It was when I think they were teammates. And Danny kind of went and jokingly stabbed Max with a fork. And then Max after says, oh, my dad did that to a mechanic once. Like his dad <laughs> stabbed a mechanic with a fork. So I think that's just a great new job. Yas, inspo. Uh, we didn't see Yos anywhere. We, we, we he wasn't there, I don't Yos. think. He was our number one person we were, yeah. of course, trying to find. So is that two weekends in a row that he hasn't been there? You guys know how, like, um, Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, like his wife's been missing for mm -hmm. so long. Yeah. People are, yeah, looking for her. I, I think we might need to add Yost to this what list. What if he's in like, jail right now? What if he is in jail and they're not talking about it? Yeah, a rough weekend in Ibiza or something ended up in... <laughs> All this new press is bringing up old crimes that he did, and he's just like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. It's time to lay low. Yeah, I got I to get on the lam for a minute. <laughs> um, so I was actually... Randomly, I was watching this weird TV show about this guy that sells unique memorabilia. And there were this father-son from Montreal that came, and they had a one-out-of-one one Lewis Hamilton trading card. How much do you think that this trading card was bought for? 25 grand. More. 300 bucks. <laughs> the kid bought a package for $50 and got this Lewis Hamilton card. The private buyer bought it, and they wouldn't say the exact amount because he wants to obviously resell it. But the first offer the kid got was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. What? Wait, a twelve-year-old kid. So they have like baseball trading yes. cards for F1 drivers, and it's a one out of one rookie year of when Lewis started for Mercedes Benz. So they're estimating that this card was probably worth like one point three million dollars. Oh to my who? god. Oh yeah, my God. who who is doing that? This millionaire collector who bought it, like this show, it's just crazy. But that was just wild. And as we're talking about million dollars, apparently Sky Germany reported the first million dollar ticket was sold for the Vegas Grand Prix. So no one knows uh -huh. what it includes. Like if it doesn't include a hot lap, it's an absolute ripoff. But the first million dollar ticket, if it's in Vegas, it's not a hot lap that it includes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't think it could include anything. That would get me to a million. No. <laughs> like, what could it possibly? There's no one I'd pay a million dollars to have sex with. No. I wouldn't pay a million dollars to go for a ride in the car. And it's certainly nothing more than a hotel room and a bottle of tequila. That's probably all you're getting. And a Xerox copy of the one-on-one -on -one Lewis Hamilton trading card. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. If, if you pay that much, somebody should come and seize your assets. Like, you've got <laughs> too much money that you have to give away at least 50% of what you own to charity yeah. or something if you're paying a million dollars to go to any single event. Yeah, so one of the announcers during the telecast was saying that apparently Fred Vasseur is now within his own camp spreading false information because he believes there's a leak in the camp. So he wants to see where this fake information gets out so it's like this like cia spy thing and he's trying to like mafia thing trying to flush out the rat within ferrari that's giving 
out false information of what's happening with the team, which I think is amazing. This is the new team principal, the short. <laughs> yeah. 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 He looks like a KGB boss. The only thing leaking out of Ferrari is horsepower and performance. Mm -hmm. Like, he needs to change his priorities. Like, fix the fucking car, <laughs> mate. Don't worry about someone telling yeah. some rumors to the press. Yeah, no one's stealing your proprietary <laughs> knowledge right now. Yeah. In fact, everyone's running from it. I don't think they need to know. Um, there was a lot of stuff that came up. Kind of people were losing their minds, not happy about it, but that Brad Pitt was going to himself drive an F1 car. I think it's like coming up in maybe Silverstone or where, wherever it was. And that was all just changed this weekend. So he's not going to be driving an F1 car on the track with other cars. He will be driving an F2 or F3 car with zero other cars on the track. So we will be doing hot laps, but it's not an F1 car. People were thinking, because Mercedes developing this car to do it, is that fair? But it's an F2 or F3 car, but it's just going to look like a Mercedes F1 car. Yeah, they were complaining that they're going to get extra like R&D yeah, time exactly. in developing oh. this car for them. <laughs> Brad would be getting data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got to figure out what happens if this thing's driven at 30%. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's get into P10. We, um, shockingly, uh, Yuki <laughs> did not... I can't believe it. He was, he, was he was 11th? He was close. He did brilliantly again. Yuki's just on fire. He's a little hero, isn't he? He really is. But yeah, I, it was my yeah. choice because you have to choose him if you can and it uh, didn't work out. I was hoping he was going to get it because then Charlie would have been so upset that he had every opportunity to take him and he didn't. Well, I decided, you know, he's averaged 10th over his career. Yeah, we got to add that. So yeah. that, like, we, some, someone put that in the comments, which is great. It's like 56 starts and 56 points. He literally is averaging 10th for his entire career. So the fact that he got 11th means I can't pick him next week because he's going to get 9th. He's got to average that out. So I, I got to wait a little. Yeah, Charlie, yeah. this is a good theory. He's going to get 9th next race. Who did you have, yeah. Charlie? Who did you have? For P10? Albon. He was close. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, close-ish. Yeah, ish. I I was definitely the furthest out with Logan, who just never... I was right I beside you. We were the only two lapped. I did tell you, <laughs> when you said Logan Sargent, I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's between us three. And you, you were out from first lap and free practice one. Yeah, yeah, never looked good or promising, and he just... Well, it was all three rookies in the bottom, and then the only non-rookie in the bottom four was Lando. Yeah, and I was was is that Lando was sixteenth or seventeenth or something? Is that what he finished? Yeah, that was so bad. Because I was gonna say um, Piastri was very far behind him, and it does not appear to me. I, I would have to look at all the times, but it does not appear to me that Piastri's driving any closer to Lando than Ricardo was, and if anything is driving further away from him than. Ricardo was. They did say he had some brake issues that were software issues, not mechanical issues. And I don't know what that necessarily means, but that's what they were talking about throughout the race. And Norris got crashed into, didn't he, early on? Didn't, yeah, um, I think DeVries, DeVries. Having finally out-qualified Yuki, <laughs> then immediately managed to crash into Norris at the start. So, yeah. But McLaren, what a disaster for them. Their brand new upgrade last round, wasn't it? And they actually qualified okay, and yeah. then they've just disappeared backwards again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quick note on qualifying. We had some questions about people getting no time in Q3 because of that crash. Uh -huh. So when you get out there, you only have a certain amount of time to record your best lap. And because there was a crash with what minute 30 left, a lot of cars were on that final hot lap trying to get their best time. And those were all cut short by that red flag. Uh -huh. So that's why I think Botas had no time. And then what they must go to your Q2 results to figure out who's going to get slotted and uh yeah they do i think what happens is normally in q3 if you've got a good car and you've made it through without burning up too many tires so you've only done one run in q3 and or q1 and q2 then you do two runs in the final qualifying session so you get your banker lap in and then you do your final you know pushing it leclerc style to the death um but if you've burned up too many tires already you just do one run in the final qualifying session, which is why those guys end up setting no time because it got red flagged uh, when the player crashed. So, yeah, they then look at your previous lap times. Because mm. Max had a time, but not a good one. Uh -huh. Yeah, he made a mistake in one of the turns, didn't he, I think? Yeah, so he ended up ninth instead of tenth, I guess, because he had logged a, a time. Well, listen, we've floated the idea. I hope it works its way up the chain at, uh, at the FIA, and I'd like to see him just standard starting position 13 going forward for the rest of 2023. Yeah. And you're so right, Jethro, that it kind of closed the 
debate pretty firmly. It was such a dominant drive over Checo, who had all reasons and opportunities to keep that advantage. The hope would be unreliability because now Perez is, because the Red Bull's on such a high level, if Max doesn't finish, there's a pretty high chance Perez is going to win. So that's an immediate 25 point swing. And then if then then for one, two for the next six, seven rounds, eating into that lead will take some time. So reliability could still play a part. That's, I think, the only danger for Max. Mm, mm-hmm. Get George Russell in there to shake it up again. Yeah. Keep Max out for a race or two. Again, the other curious thing, like to me, Lewis and George really split every weekend. It's yeah. not like one's a favorite in my eyes. If anything, maybe George is looking a little more promising. Yeah, it's like they go in different directions, isn't it? With setup, and then it works for someone, and it doesn't work for the other guy, and then they're they're a mess. But they look like they were getting closer again, didn't they? But they were nowhere really in terms mm-hmm. of pace. I know George did all right in the end, but God, in terms of pace, they were nowhere. It's that straight line speed. They just they, they got crazy. to figure out something on the straightaways. They just can't pass. Okay, what's our next race? Uh, Monza, Italy. And what is that, two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks, 19th. But a lot of upgrades coming, apparently. So I know Toto in an interview is a little worried because he's like, there's been a lot of expectations that Mercedes is going to come back with like a completely different car. But he's like now a little worried that the expectations is a bit too high coming in. Mm, I think we can all assure him that our expectations are not hugely high. (laughs) We we think they might get closer, but they're not about to win. But we can pray that they happen because it needs to get a little bit more exciting. Yeah, it would be great. Ferrari on home turf as well. Mm -hmm. Like They've got qualifying pace, but they're just shitty in the race. And I love Leclerc. I heard a great expression. Um, I was listening to the radio and uh, the commentator was like, he's just win or bin. And that is Leclerc. He either wins or he bins it into the wall. That's it. And I love that mentality. Winner Ben. Sainz has got the same strategy. Yeah. It's just like, who's going to be throwing it off the track this weekend? <laughs> Will it be Sainz or Leclerc? That off of Leclerc's was scary, I thought, in quality. Yeah, it was, yeah. I love watching him drive, though. He leaves nothing on the yeah. table. Like, he is beyond 100% every corner. He's mega. And he apparently I was reading that not only is the Ferrari difficult to drive, not only does he push it, in ways that other people just would not do. But he also sets the car up to be even more tricky and unstable than it inherently is. Because if you can ride that wave, if you can be on that line, it makes it faster, like it's a few tenths faster. So he takes all this risk in his driving style and he sets up the car in the most risky way possible. He is just box office. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh, good term, box office. I like that. All right, well, boys, again, from our perspective, it was a lot of fun. I loved watching Max do what he can do like no one else. I found it to be very thrilling, some big crashes in quality. It was an eventful weekend, and I'm very excited for the upcoming Italian Grand Prix. We will be back next Thursday for a preview of that coming race. And until then, we encourage everyone to push, 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 push.